0: welcome to today's episode of The Workings of a Spiritual Mind. My name is Holly and I'm the voice behind the podcast. So if you listened to us before, welcome back. I hope you find this episode just as interesting as the last couple of episodes we've done. If you're new to our podcast, feel free to stick around, have a little listen. You might find something that sparks your interest. But today's episode, we very much carry on with our mediumship series and we look at gatekeepers and spirit guides. So if you haven't listened to the last couple of episodes, episode one was an introduction to mediumship. Episode 2 was psychics and mediums looking at what the differences they are And then this spiritual guides and gatekeepers episode follows on from that So everything that we're looking at today is predominantly based around a medium and their journey Now that's not saying a psychic wouldn't use a spirit guide, connect to one or even have one These are just more commonly known on a medium's journey And how they connect to spirit and how they connect to people's loved ones to do a mediumship reading So let's begin by looking at what a gatekeeper is. Now gatekeeper is not a term a lot of people have actually heard of. A lot of people have heard of the term spirit guides, main guide, master guide. A gatekeeper is very much a spirit guide, but they don't act the same way as the main guide will. I'll come on to the main guide, master guides, what they are in a second. But a gatekeeper is not there predominantly to help with readings. They're not there to help us with our spiritual growth. They're not there to give guidance or advice and their presence feels very very different they are there to protect and guard our doorways they act as a protective shield think of it as like a bouncer to a club or like a security guard to a door they're the ones in the background with the clipboard saying if your name's not down you ain't coming in now if you think of gatekeeper What that translates to in the physical world, so the world that we reside in. It translates to a person who controls access to something. So, as an example, think of if you're going to a concert or you're going to um, a football match. You have your tickets, you show your tickets, you go through the turnstiles, and there's usually a man or woman there controlling the flow of traffic that goes through those gates that's predominantly what a gatekeeper is they're controlling the flow of traffic through that gate to and from that location and that's what the gatekeeper is doing in the spiritual realm they are controlling the flow of traffic through our spiritual doorway So if you haven't listened to episode two where we talk about psychics and mediums and it goes more in depth into how a medium opens up and connects the spirit. Once we have that connection, we still have our spiritual doorway there that needs to be open or closed to allow us to start the reading for a loved one. Our gatekeeper stands by that door and guards it basically some people don't have a gatekeeper and that's more to do with how they work as a medium their flow their connections they very much may use their main guide as that gatekeeper but some people will use both i do use both so when i do a mediumship reading there's myself then i have my main guide who stands by my side and then i have a gatekeeper in front of me and the spiritual connection all around me so think of like a triangle so our spiritual door is what allows spirits to come through for us to connect with them. Our gatekeeper will guard that door and will open and close it based on our instructions. Now when I mentioned before their presence feels very different. They do have a presence of a spirit guide in the way that they come across as in love and light. They are there for your best interest at heart but they are very large in size because their energy, their frequency has to be larger. So it almost feels quite like menacing foreboding ominous type of presence that's not there to make the medium feel uncomfortable or scared in any way shape or form that's because they are our protector they have to come across like that because if they need to frighten a spirit a spirit that we don't want to connect to for whatever reason they have to come across like that so even though they might feel foreboding they will only act on our instructions so if we instruct them to open the door, they'll do so. If we instruct them to keep that door firmly shut, they'll do so. And you can be as soft or as firm as you like with your gatekeeper. It's very much down to your connection and your bond that you grow with them. I'm quite a soft, I like to think I'm quite a soft person, and I talk to people in the way that I would like to be spoken to. So I am quite soft and gentle with my gatekeeper, as massive as he is, and I'll come on to him in a second. But when I give my instructions although I might be soft in nature, I'm firm in my words, I'm firm in my intentions and that's called setting boundaries. There needs to be that power behind those words and boundaries to ensure that you're getting that message across. Now gatekeepers can come in all shapes and sizes from any type of background and they will be different for everyone. So for my gatekeeper, and I'm very much a person who likes to know people by their name, I like to know who I'm speaking to so I can address you accordingly. And I'm like that whether I'm working with spirit or just in my day-to-day life. I like to know who I'm talking to, who I'm addressing. So when I first met my gatekeeper, and this is what I mean by like foreboding, ominous kind of menacing type of feel. When I first met my gatekeeper, we were doing a lovely little meditation and we set intentions to meet our gatekeeper. And when I started my journey, I didn't have a lot of clairsentience, which is feeling. But boy, oh boy, did I feel his presence. And my clear sentence has grown throughout my journey. So I feel a lot more now, which is fantastic. I've I've worked on that as part of my journey. But back then, because I didn't feel so much, when I first felt his presence, it frightened me. I'll be honest, it took me aback. I didn't expect that at all. And the way I can describe it is when you sit in meditation, you're sitting there with your eyes closed, you're focusing and being in the moment. When we call forth our gatekeeper, I felt someone stepping towards me, coming up very close. And it was like this presence that was just massive in size and shape that kind of tattled over me. And that's what kind of frightened me because I wasn't expecting that. But that's how they need to come across, because as I said before, that's how they need to act when they're doing their job guarding our door. So, I came to build up my relationship with my gatekeeper, not so much as I would with my guide, because, like I explained, they are not there to help with my spiritual journey. They're there as my protective shield. But I came to get used to his presence. I found out his name was Maurice, and he did eventually show himself to me, and he is huge. Like I've said before, think of the Hulk, but like twice the size, obviously not green, um, but that kind of shape and size. And he very much was wearing the only way I can describe it's like a Roman type gladiator attire. So those kind of sandals on your feet where like the wraps go around your ankles, kind of like a red gold metallic type skirt attire wristbands around his wrist but his bare muscles showing so that kind of gladiator type feel he came across very powerful but very protective in both size and presence as though he was saying to me i'm here for you i will block anything on your instruction so going back to instructions When we've made our connection to our guide and our gatekeeper and we start the reading, we're instructing our gatekeeper to open the door. So we might turn around and say, "Okay, open the door, let one spirit through, then shut it behind you. We might turn around and say, open the door, let a a queue form and we'll start going through these spirits one by one. It's very much down to how you work as a medium and what you're comfortable with and what you know. I feel like the more you work as a medium, the more confident you are in opening and closing that gate. And that's why some mediums don't work with a gatekeeper. They just work with their guide because they are strong enough and confident enough with opening and closing that themselves. But as we're instructing them, we have to take some responsibility for the instructions we're given and what we're saying yes to. So for example, if we've instructed the gatekeeper to let a spirit through, close a door, I'm communicating with the spirit and the spirit only. On the other side of that door, they may have a spirit who is desperate to come through, who absolutely wants to communicate and make themselves known. So they may say to the gatekeeper, can you let me through? So the gatekeeper will ask us, do you want me to allow the spirit through? Now I have come across this scenario from another medium. So this is the example we are given. Thankfully, it hasn't happened to me. But what happened is this medium said, yes, absolutely, let this spirit through. They didn't wait to connect to that spirit in such as to use their intuition, use their clear senses to kind of determine who this spirit is before they allowed that gate to be open. Now, a spirit can come through pretending to be anyone. They could look like anyone. There are some spirits who can change their shape and form. If a spirit is pretending to be someone else and you're saying, yes, let that spirit through, you have to take responsibility of the aftermath of that if that spirit turns out to be someone you didn't want to connect with. Now, as scary as that may sound, it doesn't necessarily mean that that spirit is negative. It could just mean they are so desperate to talk to someone that it creates an attachment because you've let them through and you've acknowledged them. So it's your responsibility now to help that spirit pass back through to the other side because it's not healthy to have spirit attachment. They could impose their thoughts and feelings on you. So if they were very depressed, very down in life, not very happy, then impress those onto you. You'll start feeling that. You'll start picking that up. It's not healthy. And it means that you haven't set your boundaries. You haven't set your intentions. You really need to, when you're doing a reading, and this comes with time and practice, you really need to use your intuition. And if something feels off, then do not allow that door to open. Instruct your gatekeeper to keep that door firmly shut. So I mentioned before about my gatekeeper, the way he comes across, Maurice. Um, that roman gladiator like attire i have friends who are mediums who their gatekeeper is very very different i have a friend who has a gatekeeper who is like this tall muscly amazonian woman holding a spear when you hear different mediums who have gatekeepers it's fascinating to come across all these different shapes, sizes, ethnic backgrounds, what they look like, how they feel. It's it's really so interesting. But in a nutshell, a gatekeeper is there to guard our door, protect us, keep the good in and the bad out. So I had a little look at gatekeepers through like different centuries, and I predominantly came across gatekeepers in myths and legends. Now, what I will say is if you go away and Google gatekeepers, you will find a lot of references to the Bible, to God's gate, to religion. That's not what we're discussing today. The podcast is very much about spirituality, not religion. I appreciate some people think they might go hand in hand. Some people might get confused between the two. But it's just to keep in mind, if you start Googling gatekeepers, you're going to come across a lot of Bible and God heaven references. So I looked at mythology. Mythology. And I came across a couple of gatekeepers, which I thought was really quite interesting. So in Greek mythology, how many of you have heard of Hercules? He was like the strongest of all mortals. He was the gatekeeper to Olympus. In Norse mythology, there's a chap, and and excuse my pronunciation, because I'm not too sure if I'm pronouncing this right, called Heimdall. He kept watch for invaders, and he was the gatekeeper to the Rainbow Bridge to Asgard. Now, if you've seen those Thor films, he is portrayed by the character played by Idris Elba. If you cast your mind back to that or have a little Google, that's this chap Heimdall. And then in Roman mythology, Janus, again, excuse my pronunciation, I don't really know if I'm saying that right, but Janus was known as the god of beginnings, the god of gates, transitions, time and endings, and he was the gatekeeper to the gates of heaven. And fun fact, the month of January is named after Janus. How interesting is that? So then let's move on to spirit guides. Now most people would have heard or come across spirit guides. If you haven't, that's okay. It is thought everybody has a spirit guide who stands by their side throughout your entire life. As I've come to learn and know, not necessarily with me throughout my entire life, but I'll explain that in a second. And some even think that spirit guides were assigned to us before we were even born, part of like our life plan or our purpose in life. But a spirit guide is very much an intellectual being. They have lived some form for human life before passing on to spirit, and then almost like being assigned as a spiritual guide. The way they are different to a gatekeeper is in their presence, in their connection, in their day-to-day communication with us. Their aim is to help a medium, not only with a mediumship reading, but to develop their abilities. To help with their spiritual growth, their spiritual development, and as I said, help with the spiritual reading. Now, spirit guides can present themselves in many different forms through animals, through people, through lights, but they'll always present themselves in a way that you are comfortable and happy with when they make their presence known. They'll never make a medium feel upset, feel scared, or sad. So, you might not even see your guide for weeks or months during your journey. It's all about Ensuring that you feel comfortable, but also trying to build up that connection between medium and guides so it can take some time. Most of the time, spirit guides are people we would have never met because they come from different timelines of existence. So, for example, your spirit guide could have existed here on Earth during the medieval era or been part of an African tribe in the 1500s. Through creating that connection between medium and guide, you can learn and understand who your guide is and where they've come from and why they're here to help you. Now, there can be a little bit of a confusion between guides and angels because a spirit guide can be thought of as a guardian angel, but they are two very different beings. A guide is someone who's lived an earthbound life. An angel has never existed here on a physical plane. And we will look at angels because I very much work with angels more so now than I do psychic and medium readings. And the connection, the feelings is so, so different. I'm really excited to share with you about angels, but you might not even think angels existed or even considered them. You might have just heard of spiritual guides. You might have not heard of either, but boy, they are around, let me tell you. So our spirit guide, the ones that are assigned to us, they're known as like our main guide or a master guide. They know us pretty much inside and out. And they will very much mirror us in our personality. So if you're quite a a loud, bubbly person with a loud, bubbly personality, then your spirit guide will most likely come across like that as well. If you're a very calm, soft, gentle, laid-back person, which I like to think I am, your spirit guide will come across like that. They kind of mirror who we are in life to how they are in spirit. And they will always come with a heart filled with love, with patience, They are here to help and guide us on our path. Now they would never ever ever tell us what to do. They are there to guide and help and give us assistance. Now if a medium works very much based on what their guide is telling them to do, It's highly likely they're working with a being that has not come from a place of love and light, does not have good intentions. And they need to be very careful of the type of guide or spirit they're connecting to. So again, that might come across scary, but it doesn't always mean negative. Yes, there are negative things out there like we have in life. Horrible people are around. You do have that in spirit. I don't believe that there is all love and light out there. I don't believe that every spirit comes from a place of love and light, as much as I am saying this to you. That's my personal opinion. If you work as a medium and you feel differently, that's okay. That's your opinion. That's your experiences. Please remember that our opinions are okay to be different. We all have our own spiritual journey and path that we go on. With my journey, my path... I've experienced both positive and negative. So that's why I feel like not every being comes from a place of love and light. Your spirit guide absolutely should come from a place of love and light. They want our our highest good, our greatest good for ourselves. So they're always going to help us with that. But as I said, if a medium is working based on what they're being told to do, They're not connecting to a type of spirit that they want to connect with. That spirit, and I suppose it kind of goes hand in hand with spiritual attachment, is imprinting from spirit to medium not so good intentions, you know, not so positive thoughts and feelings. If that is happening, that connection should be cut straight away your energy and aura cleansed, boundary set, your protection placed around you. And as scary as that sounds, that is kind of a necessary precaution because you need to make sure that you're confident in what you're connecting to. And that comes back to being confident with your spiritual doorway. You must use your intuition, even if you feel like, like I mentioned with my clear sentence, I didn't feel a great lot, but I still used my intuition on what I was connecting to. If you don't feel right, If you feel uneasy, on edge, if there's something niggling at you, then do not connect to it whatsoever. Not every spirit has good intentions. Negative spirits, which doesn't always mean dark and dangerous, sometimes just want to attach themselves to you and cause a bit of mischief. It's almost like having unfinished business. It's not, A dark, negative, demonic energy that you might find in a Hollywood story or movie. It's just a spirit you don't want to be connected to or affiliated with. So a medium shouldn't be working in such a way. I'll give an example of this. My, gosh, I don't know if she's my second or third cousin. A distant relative who is not in the spiritual business, but does like to have a connection with crystals and work with crystals. She mentioned to me, before she even knew I was a medium, before she knew I had a spirit guide, that her spirit guide told her to have a boob job. No, love, your spirit guide did not tell you to have a boob job. And if they did, that ain't your spirit guide. It's things like that, you know, come on. That's from the ego, really. So my guide, who I'm going to talk about in a second, and I adore my guide, he has never, ever told me what to do. He's never told me when to do it, how to do it. He's always been very, very patient with me. He's always given the guidance Assistance. he stood by my side during readings he was very much there as a supportive figure in my life he he really helped me grow evolve and develop into the person I am today and I will forever be grateful to him and when I first met my guide I was very much under the belief that they stay with us throughout our entire lives and they don't and it's so sad some people they do But my journey took a little bit of a different direction, which I'll explain about in a second. But most mediums will work with one main guide, who could be known as your main guide or your master guide. If your path is going to take a different direction, they will move on, which, as I said, is very upsetting, but it's necessary. And as upsetting as it is back then, I understand it now. I understand why my guide had to move on. So let's talk about my guide, because he was such an important figure in my life. And as weird as that may sound to you, especially if you're not a medium or have any spiritual background, he almost became my security blanket. He's my friend. And he pops in every now and then. But I met my guide on my very first mediumship day. So I grew up with the ability to see and hear spirits. I didn't do anything about it, didn't tell anyone. I got to a point in my life where A mediumship experience day, should we say, popped up on Facebook. So I went along to it. We learned about chakras. We learned about spiritual guides. And we did a lovely meditation to meet our spirit guide. And that's where I met mine. So in my meditation, I was sat on a bench, quite calm, quite happy, just wait, kind of waiting, nervously waiting for someone to come along. A very well-dressed gentleman with a very calm, relaxed demeanor approached me and sat on the bench next to me. Didn't say anything, just looked at me, smiled. He had his hands on his lap and just sat there with me. And I actually couldn't see his face or his face or features, but I could see he had on this beautiful light beige suit. And he just had a very calming, relaxing energy around him. And I think he he probably realized that I was nervous, so he didn't want to make me more nervous. And I think that's why he he didn't show me his full face or didn't speak. He didn't want to surprise or frighten me, basically. And that was helped by the energy he was given off, that it was calm and it was filled with love. And you could really feel that. And like I said before, I didn't have a lot of clear centers. I could still feel that. It was a really lively feeling. So it was some weeks after this first meeting that I started to see him more. And as I like to know people by name, his name is Peter. He started to come to me in different forms so in the form of like a white light or a lovely white wisp of smoke before he came as a full apparition so it was like he was building up so he slowly started to show me his facial features such as like his head or an eye and he did that again not to startle me not to alarm me he did that until eventually I could see him in all his glory so he always came to me in this light beige suit. He had a bald head, brown eyes and a really soft loving smile. And when he started speaking to me, and he was a man of few words, he was very gentle and soft. He spoke very calmly and quietly because that's what I needed. We built up our connection and our relationship through different forms of meditation, through readings, but mostly by having a little nightly conversation. So before I tuck down for bed, I'd always have a little conversation with Peter, which I know to you probably sounds quite bizarre. It's like you're talking just out in the open, hoping someone listens, but he would every now and then join in with a conversation. So he'd let me know that he is listening. So even though he was a man of few words, he still let me know he was there. So I might hear like a noise in the room or he might speak back to me. But by doing that nightly, it really helped build up our bond. It built up our connections so that we learn about each other. We trusted each other. And I did a couple of other meditations with Peter so I could get to know him a bit more. So he was... A carpenter. Um, he built toys for children. He didn't go too much into detail about his family life or when he passed, how he passed. But he he just he gave me the information I needed to know to help me build that up that connection. So we worked together for several years, and then all of a sudden, I was changing my bed sheets, and I heard him softly say, "It's almost our time now. I'm going to have to go soon." And it took me by surprise. It stopped me in my tracks. And I I must admit, I got this panicky feeling thinking, what, why have you just said that? What what, what the heck? I thought everything was going great. And it was quite overwhelming because I thought he'd be with me for life. So I I was under the assumption our guys never left us. But during this period in my life, I had started to question myself as in if I was on the right path if I wanted to continue doing mediumship readings because I started not really feeling the excitement or the intrigue I did when I first started doing readings. When I first started doing readings you are super excited, you want to know if you've got things right, you want to be able to give those messages to loved ones and I've done a lot of readings, practice readings to start off with so we ask for volunteers and they give us feedback before then promoting yourself and doing readings for like an exchange such as payment and I was doing readings for people all around the world and I just got to a point where I didn't get excited I didn't get that feeling that I had when I first started doing readings so I started questioning myself thinking am I meant to be doing mediumship readings I felt like I was heading in a different direction and I was meant for more and as I was going through my journey this is what was happening I was building up my connection so much that my purpose was to have that foot in doing trip readings but not to ultimately do it in the long run i was evolving i was developing i was growing and ascending to a higher level of frequency a higher level of existence where i was moving away from connecting to spirit and starting to connect into angels angels are on a higher level of existence a higher level of frequency than spirits and spirit guides Because I was heading in that direction and Peter knew it before even I did, that's why he said he was going to have to go soon. So when I realised where I was heading, I started to connect less with Peter and more to angels and other beings that resided on that higher plane. So slowly but surely, he started to take himself out of my life. And it was so upsetting because... I'd worked with him for a number of years. i built up this relationship. I thought he'd always be there. We had our nightly conversations. He was my friend, my security blanket. I was super sad. But as time has gone on, now I do angel readings. I do angelic Reiki. I channel angels in my readings. That's why Peter moved on, because we weren't going to be connecting anymore. When I do mediumship readings, he does still pop in every now and then. He does help me. But I almost don't need that help so much anymore, because... I've developed and evolved my connection. And some mediums do do that. They don't necessarily have, like I mentioned before, they might not have a guide and a gatekeeper. It's all to do with your development as a medium, your spiritual growth and whether you need to have these spiritual beings by your side or not. Some people, when they do mediumship readings, they like flick a switch and they're on, they're connected. Others take time, others like to develop their own process. It really depends on the medium. But this is what happened with me and Peter. So Peter is not so much really a part of my life anymore. It doesn't necessarily mean to say he'll never be there again. We have connected every now and then. He's He's kind of checked in on me. And I do often wonder what he's doing now. Like... Is that it? Is that his time as a spirit guide, done and dusted? Or is he assigned to someone else? And I think that's something that we'll never really know. As much as it is said that our guides are assigned to us before birth, are they assigned to that one particular person and that's it, whether they stay with them through life or whether they stay with them until they fulfilled their purpose and that's it? Or do they continue going on to be assigned to other people really quite interesting to think about i think it's something we'll never really know until we've crossed over to the other side so as i said before with the guide helping medium with their gifts their ultimate purpose is to help with their spiritual growth and development and stand by their side during a readingship reading so they aid in that connection to spirit and they help pass those messages on your guide may speak on behalf of the spirit if the medium has connected to that spirit and that spirit is unable to create a strong connection back, or if you've got a real good connection with that spirit, your spirit guide might stand to one side and you'll just communicate between the two and he'll step in, he or she will step in to give a bit of guidance, a bit of clarity, a bit of assistance. How they do that is very much depends on the medium and your clair senses. So for me, as a clairvoyant, I see me signs or symbols that will help me interpret the message the information if you're clairaudient you may hear a lot of conversation you might not hear an entire conversation you might hear certain words when i mentioned about the symbols so if you can't quite hear what the spirit is saying they'll imprint you based on your strongest sense. so for me i see so they may show me a birthday cake as a sign for an upcoming birthday or the loved one who's passed over that you're connecting to, it's their birthday, or they want to make you aware that it's someone's birthday coming up. I will go into a bit more details about signs and symbols on another podcast because it does vary by medium to medium and how you interpret messages. We try not to interpret it too much because we are ultimately a messenger, but we just do need that little bit of guidance and assistance from our spirit guide to help us try and get the information through clearly and accurately if we can. So some people will have a different perspective on what a spirit guide is. Some mediums will think, as I mentioned before, that they're assigned before you're born, before your conception. Some people think that or believe that a spirit guide is actually a representation of our unconscious mind. Some think it's a a personified part of our higher self. But whatever perspective, whatever belief we have, Let's be honest, we all need a bit of guidance, direction and support in life. And that's what our spirit guide is there. Some people commonly think a guide is like an angel or an animal, but they can come in so many different forms, such as like your gatekeeper. They can come in many different shapes, sizes. They're not necessarily going to come to you in the form of an actual apparition like Peter did to me. So let's look at different types of guides that a medium may or may not come across in their journey. Now, there are so many different guides out there. We'll be here for hours if we talk about each and every one. So I've just picked out a few that are more commonly known. So your main guide, your master guide, think of Peter. He's the one you will connect. He or she is the one you will connect with day in, day out. So they help with your gifts, your connection. They stand by your side. They come with pure, unconditional love. They are a high vibrational being and they will either stay with you for your entire life or they leave you like Peter did to me then you can have what's known as a joy guide. My joy guide is called Asif. And a joy guide is just that. They will come and go in your life, they'll pop in and out when necessary, but they are there to bring joy into your life. They are there to bring laughter, light into your life when you may be going through like a rough patch, or you might be having a setback. They will bring that smile back to you. They're there to uplift your energy and bring you happiness. If they had a motto, it would be laughter is the best medicine. So this joy guide that I had, Asif, he came to me with Peter, but he is Arabic, and he came to me with the biggest smile on his face. And he wore the most beautiful outfit. Like, um, And I don't actually know the, the correct terminology of it, so forgive me, but it was like this dress that you see arabic men wearing but it was blue different types of blue shining blue colors little bit of gold and white patterns on there it was lovely and he was there to help me during the rough patches of my journey just to bring that remembrance that hey come on it's not all bad let's bring that smile and laugh back into your life an example when he did that was going through my journey going through a little rough patch and my spiritual journey is one i've had to go through as i'm still working Day to day job. So I work most days, eight or six, Monday to Friday, and I work in the travel industry. I work for a travel management company, which is known as a TMC, and it's a corporate business. So it's not like a travel agency where you book your holidays. We book for corporate clients all around the world, and it can be very stressful. It can be very, very busy. And I work from home. So one day I was home alone trying to focus on the stressful job trying to get through the day and I suddenly heard music playing in my house and I thought what what is that have I left something on and it got louder and louder and I thought where is that coming from and in our kitchen we had this old telly that actually no longer works anymore to the point we've disconnected it and the music was coming from the telly like it was blaring out a song and I can't for life me remember what the song was but I remember it had the word heaven in the title and it was just blaring out and I thought that's it That's a He's telling me, take a little break. Try not to get so stressed. Things in life could be worse. And that's what they're there for. They are there to bring that joy and laughter. And it really put a smile on my face. To some people, you would think that's actually, that's pretty scary. Like, I'm home alone. Why is this noise in my house? But when you have grown up with spirits so much, it becomes the norm. And it did bring a smile to my face. It, It did make me step away from my desk and actually take a bit of a breather. Then we have what's known as teacher guides. So this is a guide who comes into your life. So they pop in and out like a joy guide, but they come into your life to teach you a lesson in order to help you move on, understand and gain clarity. So, for example, if you're struggling with finding the right process that works for you when you're developing as a medium to open up and connect to spirit, as well as connecting to your main guide, the teacher guide may step in and assist and give you a little bit of direction. They may direct you to books that you need to read, Or classes for you to take. They might even introduce you to a physical teacher here on earth to help you with something in your life. They're very wise, they're very practical. Some people fear teacher guides because they're thought to bring both good and bad experiences but a bad experience we can learn from and grow from and try to then change our path Or look at something in a different perspective. So my teacher guide is a chap called Professor Ainsworth. And he actually came to me during my time of shifting from the mediumship to angel readings. He was there to help me with that shift and teach me how to grow and understand and come to the realisation that I would be working in a different way. Then we have what's known as animal guides. I love animal guides. Animals are so meaningful. And this is a guide who appears to you in the form of an animal. Now that doesn't mean to say that it's a shapeshifter, as in they're able to change their form from human to animal. They are predominantly an animal. And they come to you just when you need it the most. If you see an animal keep appearing to you, Pay attention because there's a message there and they are so powerful in their messages. They're very intellectual in nature. They will interact with you because they need to get that message across. For example, I had an animal guide that came to me during my mediumship journey before I then started connecting to angels and this was a tiger. And that tiger never spoke to me, never told me his name, but he was there because I needed strength. I needed confidence, I needed independence, and I need a little bit of agility, actually, to manoeuvre in my journey. So, for example, if you keep seeing a peacock, now when I say see an animal, you might be flicking through Facebook, you might be reading a magazine, watching telly, someone talks to you about an animal they've seen in the zoo. If it keeps coming up, have a little listen. Pay attention to what's coming through because there's a message, there and it's coming through strongly. It's something that you need to know. So, for example, peacock, right? A peacock may turn up in your life to teach you the importance of beauty, beauty in and out. Or you might come across a wolf. A wolf may be there to show you the importance of setting your survival skills. You know, you might be going through a bit of a phase where you lack confidence. The wolf might appear for that because they're telling you you're strong, you can survive. So, if you keep seeing the animal over and over again, pay attention. Every now and then, we're going to do like a spotlight on an animal where I will tell you what this animal means if you keep seeing it, especially if it comes to you in a dream. Because there's sometimes there's a different meaning between if you've seen it in life, like magazine, telly, to seeing it in a dream. It's fascinating things that you can come across with animals. So then we come on to a protector guide. That's also known as a guardian or a warrior guide. This is a guide who helps to protect your spiritual connection your well-being they act as like your own personal bodyguard their mission is to protect you both mentally and spiritually you may not know that they're always about you might get a little glimpse or a feeling but they are there to help you and protect you in any way shape or form they can they might come to you in the form of a person or an animal more often than not these type of guides appear in like a native or traditional clothing from the land that you reside in so we could be going back centuries and centuries could be an ancestor and they can protect you when you're traveling they can provide guidance when making difficult decisions Healing guides is another type of guide that you can come across and a lot of mediums who branch into healing work such as Reiki will use a healing guide. So this is a guide who can help with healing on an emotional, a spiritual and a physical level. They watch over you and help with your overall well-being. Everybody has the ability to heal ourselves through our mindset, through Reiki, But not everyone is aware of this or will actually use it or even believe it. Like when I say about your mindset, your mind is a powerful tool. If you are a very positive person, and this comes back to the law of attraction that I mentioned in a previous episode, if you're a positive person, you'll get positivity. Your positive mind greatly affects your entire energetic field. If you have a negative type of mindset or you're feeling a bit tired or depressed or upset, then that can affect you. Your healing guide can help you with that. They will help you through trying to guide you in the right direction to help heal yourself. So they may try and guide you in the direction of, okay, go to see a Reiki practitioner have a Reiki session. Reiki is super powerful. They might say to you, go stand out in the garden in the beautiful sunshine because the sun is a powerful healer. They will just try and help you and guide you in the direction of that. If you are a Reiki practitioner... Which some mediums are, they will use their healing guide during Reiki sessions. They would work alongside the practitioner to help heal the person who's come to them for a session. And we will look at Reiki and angelic Reiki in more detail. I myself am an angelic Reiki master, Mm, very exciting. And I'll explain to you about that in another podcast. And then the last one we're going to look at is a messenger guide. Now, the messenger guides are so helpful because they can help find and obtain information that not only helps improve a medium's abilities to hear and deliver messages from the spirit world, but also in our day-to-day life, like if you've lost something, call out and ask for a messenger guide to come and help you, come and find, come and give you the direction of where this object has been misplaced. But these guys are usually in the form of a human, but they can appear in the form of a bird, predominantly like a hawk or an eagle, because they're able to act very swiftly, and they're able to travel great distances over a short amount of time. So everything we've talked about with guides and gatekeepers, how do they predominantly communicate? You might be thinking, well, you've told us everything about what these guides and gatekeepers do, but how the heck do they actually communicate? There's a number of different ways. They can communicate very similar to a loved one who's past the spirit, but predominantly through clear senses. So if you're working as a medium... They'll show themselves to you, you may hear their voice, you may feel their presence. Colours and lights, so if they don't come to you in the form of a full apparition, they may come to you as little sparkling lights, you may see different colours. Numbers or number sequences, some spirit guides relate to numbers and there's meanings behind numbers. Even a song popping in your head or that you might hear repeated on the radio. If it's a song that you've not even thought of for such a long time, and all of a sudden it pops in your head, that's someone trying to get a message across to you. It could be your spirit guide. It could be a loved one. And you think, why am I I singing that? Like, Why has that appeared in my head? It's because someone's trying to get a connection to you. Get your thoughts and feelings focused on them, you know, kind of like changing your mind. If you're focused on one thing, the song might pop in your head to distract you and give you that necessary distraction. So there's lots of different ways. We will have a look at how our loved ones communicate as well, because as I mentioned, for spirit guides and loved ones can communicate very much in a similar way. Gatekeepers, what I described before, they wouldn't reach out to you like that because they're not here to work in that way with a medium. They are there to guard your doorway. So that's kind of the difference between gatekeepers and spirit guides. I hope you found that interesting because it fits in with the psychic and medium episode that we have done last to the types of guides and gatekeepers that we come across. Next episode, we're going to look at clair senses. So we're going to go into that in a bit more detail and we'll, we'll try and find out what kind of clear sense you have so you can do a little bit of practice work. But wherever you are, wherever you may be, enjoy your evening, enjoy your day, stay safe and until the next time.